Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for Christmas. Come on, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And some of you are like, I'm already tired of saying that. And some of you are like, I can't stop saying that. And maybe there's other people in the room that can't finish that today. Because when you think about Christmas and when you think about this season and all that it holds, your mind doesn't go to wonderful. Maybe today your mind goes to terrible. Maybe your mind goes to rushed. Maybe your mind goes to spinning. You might start to think anxiety, presence, people, food, more food, no food. I don't know what comes into your mind when you think about the Christmas season, but here's what I believe, that we all probably have some type of different emotion when it comes to Christmas, and it's officially December, amen? amen. Come on, we made it to this moment. We've made it to this month, December 2021, and now I believe as we enter into this December month, this Christmas season, we want to go through a series here at Walk Church that we're titling The Colors of Christmas, the colors of Christmas. There's so much different fun and color and flavor when it comes to Christmas. But today, when we think about the colors of Christmas and over the next month, we're going to talk about some of the different things and motions and, and feelings and patterns and scriptures that inform us when we think about Christmas. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Let's eat. I want to introduce you to the first color, and I'm going to do it today by way of a song, all right? Tell me if you know this song. If you want to sing it out, go ahead and sing it out. Let's go ahead and put that up on the speakers right now. Come on, sing it to the person next to you. Come on, it's Vegas. Y'all got to know some Elvis here. Get real deep. All right, all right go ahead and pause it. Go ahead and pause it. I'm talking about a blue Christmas, all right? A blue Christmas, I'm not going to do any more Elvis impersonations. you got to pay for that, all right? Um, blue Christmas. Here's what I know. For some people in the room, Christmas is going to feel holly, jolly, green, red, and white, and explosive colors, and hooray, it's Christmas! And for others, it's going to feel blue. And for you today, maybe you would align closer with Elvis and you would say, this, this Christmas season doesn't feel like Christmas season. Maybe this Christmas time feels a little bit more dark. It feels a little bit more blue. I just can't get into it. I can't find it. I'm trying. I'm searching. I'm, the songs don't sound the same. The, the movies hit different. You know, maybe Home Alone is less of a Christmas movie. It's more of your reality. And... And you made it to church today, and you're saying, honestly, I'm struggling with this time of the year. And maybe this invokes a season of grieving. Maybe somebody who used to sit with you for this service is no longer here. Maybe somebody got deployed. Maybe somebody's in the hospital. Maybe I know that this time of the year can also involve some blueness. Amen? Even for you right now, I think everybody in this room has some sort of blue trickling in to your Christmas vibe right now. If, if you agree, say, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. 
I know it is, is for me. Not everything is always so bright in the Christmas season. Sometimes it can get so intense that you can lose the reality of what Christmas is all about. And so we're going to be talking about a blue Christmas every Sunday in the month of December as we put up one of the colors. We're going to go to the Bible. We're going to find King Jesus in a manger. And we're going to talk about how this Jesus informs the color. Amen. I want to do that today uh, through one specific passage. That's it's actually a prophetic word about the coming of King Jesus. So in the book of Isaiah, 700 years before Joseph and Mary would even exist, 700 years before that, there would be a prophetic word given through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6. We're going to put that up on the screen. Come on, one more time. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. eat. Well, right now, Father, as we get ready to eat from Isaiah 9, Lord, we ask you, we petition you, open our hearts, touch our minds, give us ears to hear, give us a heart that's open to your word. God, we're not just here to check a box. We're here to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're there, say, I'm there. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Come on, let's read it. Let's just go ahead and read it together. Ready? Come on, read it with me. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. And his name shall be called, say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This prophetic word, even just the names of Jesus right here on the screen, give us some encouragement. The blueness of our Christmas is starting to get brighter just off the verse. Anybody have a nickname here in the, in the house? Come on, on this side of the room, you got anybody have a nickname? Just shout it out, even if it's embarrassing. Bones? We we got, we got any nicknames over here? Come on, what you got? Come on, Julio, what's your nickname? Say it again. David Beckham, all right. Yeah, we got Chef over here. Come on, we got Jap. Any, any nicknames over here? Come on. What you got? Give me something. Word? Word man? Birdman. Word man? Birdman. I like it, Manu. Hey, let me just, I love all the nicknames. They probably represent something. Um, uh, But Jesus had nicknames. Come on, amen? Amen. The nicknames of Jesus were intentional. Yes, the angel Gabriel bestowed upon Jesus and gave that right to even his adopted dad, Joseph, to to name him Jesus, Yeshua, the, the Savior, right? But he also is called these nicknames, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and another text that says that he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Praise the Lord that he's not against us. He's not away from us. He's with us. Man, I love that reality. The nicknames of Jesus, that's a, that's a series in itself. But today I want us to draw upon these names as the, the, the points for this sermon in the context of a blue Christmas, and maybe your Christmas would get a little bit brighter, a little bit more colorful as you ponder upon the names of God. This first one, Wonderful Counselor. 
this, this idea intrigued me. I've, I've read this before. I've said this before. I haven't given much thought to it, amen? The fact, see, there's so many different, Jesus is the greatest superhero of all time, isn't he? Yeah. Like he puts on all types of different characteristics and traits to be all things for all people. He, he is that type of savior. You've heard me talk about lawyer Jesus on how he pleads our case before the father. He's the one who defends us, amen? Right, I, I love King Jesus, how he's the Lord of all. But I don't always worship enough counselor Jesus, amen? amen. Let me give you a definition for counselor. A counselor is a person trained to give guidance on personal, social, or psychological problems. Come on, everybody in the room has some type, some level of personal, social, or psychological problems. And we have a counselor. Let me go ahead and, excuse me, I'm, I'm mistaken. We don't just have a counselor. Come on, we have a wonderful counselor. We have a wonderful counselor who invites us to go to him, who invites us to, Christmas should remind us of our counselor who we probably haven't seen for a while. We should go see him, amen? The Christmas story should move us in some type of way by prayer, by the word, by faith to go schedule a counseling session with Christ. He is a wonderful counselor. Can I give you a definition for wonderful? Let me give it to you. Unusually good. I don't know what your counseling experience has been like. Uh, first off, let me go ahead and say, um, we at Walk Church are, are pro-counseling. We are for counseling. We, we do counseling in specific situations. We refer people to counseling in specific situations. We are good with it. We think it's helpful, especially when the counsel is informed with the Bible. Right? We, we would encourage and influence that. So I'm not saying that this is uh, usurping that. What I'm saying is this should be even before that. That we have a wonderful counselor. Oh man, he is unusually good. Like your counseling experience may be unusually bad. It may be frustrating. It may be discouraging. You may have felt like, I'm not going back to that person. Can I just tell you that we have a savior in King Jesus who says, schedule an appointment with me. It will be good. I have words for you. I have gifts for you. I have listening ears to you. The, the thought of that phraseology placed on Jesus is just so neat. The prophet Isaiah could have prophesied so many different names for God, amen? He chooses here to call him the wonderful counselor. Jesus will one day dispatch his Holy Spirit at this point, right? He would one day die and rise and go up to heaven and send his Holy Spirit to comfort and counsel us in all things, especially in our affliction. Friend, we have an unusually good counselor. And I wanna encourage you in this Christmas season to not go through the season not knowing the counselor. Going through the season so busy, so hustle and bustle, on to the next thing, struggling, going through it. I gotta get to here, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Or maybe you just feel like you're not invited to anything and you're like, I'm just, just waiting, somebody please text me. Go to the counselor. He has words for you and he has time. 
when nobody else may have time, when nobody else may keep their word, when nobody else may be listening or asking you how you are doing, we have a Jesus in this book and we have a Jesus in our life. We have an Emmanuel who says, I wanna counsel you. It hasn't hit you enough yet. Like I need to take more time throughout my day. Hey, Hayden, what are you doing later? Oh, I got a counseling session. Oh, where do you go counseling at? With Jesus. He's a wonderful counselor. He counsels. Come on, give me, give me the definition one more time for counseling. A person trained, that's our God, amen? He's trained to give unusually good guidance on personal decisions. You got a personal thing going on in your life? Bring it to the wonderful counselor. You have a social dilemma going on in your life? Get your counsel from God. Amen. You have a psychological problem, and it's true. Many people do, right? America is the most prescribed country in the world when it comes to antidepressants, etc., and beyond, right? There's a lot of psychological problems, understandably. I'm not saying that they're just poof and they're all gone. I'm saying they're very real. We need counseling. Jesus says, I'm him. Right? Jesus says, I would love to have a meeting with you. When you go to a counselor, good counseling is when the counselor says, I just envision the counselor putting, put their knee up, beautiful, nice little journal, and say, tell me all of your problems. Right? <laughs> Cast your anxieties on me. Amen? Right? This is Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, he says, Humble yourselves. That's a word. It takes humility to go to counseling. It takes humility to say, I think I'm the problem. It takes humility to say, you know what? I'm not just going to focus on everybody else's issues. I'm going to focus on mine. Humble yourselves. Therefore, here's, here's the next. Therefore, here's what's going to happen. If you humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that at the proper time, he'll exalt you. Maybe you're like, man, I really want to be exalted. Where's your humility? Humble yourselves so that God can actually lift you up. Because if God lifts up a humble person, that humble person will lift up God. God says, hey, if if I lift you up, you're just going to lift yourself up. (laughs) Lift me up. Jesus says, everybody who lifts me up, I'll draw all people to myself. So that at the proper time he might exalt you. Notice the proper time. It might not, just might not be your time yet. God's timing is better than our timing. His ways, come on, better than our ways. His thoughts, friend, are better than our thoughts. You need his counseling. The person who has an abundance of wise counsel leads to success. Start with God. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, friend, you have a counselor in Jesus who says, cast, cast, cast all your anxieties on him because, come on, he cares. Like all of us are human beings here in the room. I get it. I, 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 and, and here's the reality. Let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow somebody, I'm just going to ruin somebody's vibe right now. Most people don't care. You have a problem. I hope that our church is different, but most people don't care. I'm struggling. You know, people are like, ah, moving on. Jesus cares. 
Hopefully the blue is getting a little bit more bright. Come on, when you think about Christmas, think about a dark time. Right? There, there had been a 500-period gap where God had not spoken. There was no light. There was all darkness. Everybody was doing their own thing, wondering where God is. No angelic appearances, no prophets coming to deliver God's word. Nobody's saying everybody needs to repent because God's, God said, I'm going to back off. Let people do what they want to do. That doesn't go well. The, the worst judgment from God is to let us do what we want. The Holy Spirit convicting us and guiding us and counseling us is a gift, amen? Right? Praise God for the wonderful counselor. That was, it was dark. And then one day God says there's going to be a light. As you look at the text in Isaiah chapter 9, we'll put it back up. See, this is verse 6. Isaiah 9 verse 6 is what we've been looking at. But if you read 1 through 5, you'll read about a dark period. 1 through 5 talks about how there was darkness in the land, struggle, burden, violence, pain, weeping. And then... He says, but there's going to be a star. You know what stars do? Stars light up the dark. Stars bring light into darkness. It's fitting that there would be a star that would point to the light. That this star would shine and wise men who were rich in status and finances would say, I'll stop everything to go find this star. I gotta find this baby because he's the wonderful counselor. Come on, let me give you the second one. Can I give you the second one? It says, wonderful counselor, say these two words with me. Mighty God. Wow, Julio felt it. Come on, we can say, when you say mighty God, you gotta get some of that like more mighty God. That Morgan Freeman that, you know, he's the wonderful counselor and he's the mighty God. You got to go deep into the soul for the mighty God. Come on, all the, all, everybody just say mighty. mighty. Mighty, amen. That's who he is, this baby in the manger. Oh, don't get it twisted. He is mighty. Let me give you the definition of mighty. Possessing great and impressive power. This little king. This little savior has impressive power. He, he possesses something greater than you and I possess. He possesses a power that is unlike anything that we have, anything that we could do, anything that we can think. Jesus has more. He's more mighty. He's more powerful. Friend, don't miss him. Don't just see a little baby Jesus and, and, you know, beautiful little scene and everybody oh, glowing, right? It's just like, oh, this is so sweet. No, this is really mighty. This is really powerful. What's taking place is shaking the nation. History is drawing a line at Christmas. Your birthday is cool. His birthday is mighty. Amen. Like, like no diss on your birthday, but this is different. Jesus' birthday is so big, even we get presents on his birthday. It's like that makes, hey, Dad, why do we get presents on December 25th? It's Jesus' birthday. Everybody's winning. I don't know. Like, just why do we get gifts on his birthday? So good. It's mighty, mighty, mighty to save, mighty God. Right? Jesus brings perspective 
into our blue Christmas. I like this second point. Let me put it up here on the screen. Jesus brings power into our blue Christmas. And for my note takers in the room, the first point was Jesus brings perspective into the blue in Christmas. But, but the second point is Jesus brings power to the blue in Christmas. Some of the things that cause us blue is this thought that maybe God can't do it. This false, erroneous ideology that God can't change my situation. My situation is blue and he doesn't have the power to set me free. He doesn't have the power to help me in my hurt. He doesn't have what it takes to get me out of this pit. Can I just tell you, I came here to remind you. I came here to remind you in the back, online, God is mighty. Don't forget about the power of God. Jesus brings power to the blue in Christmas. I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says, those little arms in the manger will one day grapple with the monster death and destroy it. This is a mighty king that we're talking about. This Jesus is big. This little baby has come to change the world. Mary, did you know that this baby would one day rule the nations? Amen. Right? That this child you delivered has come to deliver you. I mean, think about those lyrics that this baby is a mighty baby. And I just want you to be reminded today, whatever you need, whatever is burdening you, yes, take it to the counselor. Get some perspective. But don't stop there. Go from the counselor to the mighty God who has the power. God, I know you've given me the perspective. I wish you would have given me power. Oh, I got that too. I first had to change your perspective. Now I can give you the tools. Now I can give you the power. Now I can heal your life. Now I can set you free. Now I can change the way you think and also change the way you live. Jesus has perspective and power, amen? I love the fact that Jesus is so big and so good that he jumps into our mess just like Christmas. In this little town of Bethlehem appears God. And he says, I've jumped right into it, into the complexity of the world. Like a lot of you think that it's bad today in America. Try living in that first century being ruled and governed by Caesar and Pontius Pilate and King Herod. Put yourself in that place. No Chick-fil-A out there. <laughs> Just saying. No Starbucks on every corner right there. You had to make it. And Jesus goes, I'm jumping right into this mess. Right? Where, where sin is reigning, where paganism and sexual sin is rampant. There's Today doesn't look a ton different than it did back in the ancient day. And Jesus says, I'm still here and I'm mighty. And so, friend, if you have a burden today, don't be so feeble to think that God can't engage in it. He can. He will if you invite him. Christmas is about inviting the power of God into your blue season and watch him work. Amen.
Mary was given this word from the angel Gabriel. Angel said, hey, Mary, you've been selected by God. You are a highly favored woman of God, and he's going to choose you to bring forth the Messiah. And Mary said, how will this be? And you know what the angel said? Nothing's impossible with God. Spurgeon once said, if you have God, you have the majority. If you have God, if you show up with God, you're winning. You're winning. Let me give you the third principle. If you look at Isaiah 9-6, we see the wonderful counselor. We see the mighty God. I love this phrase right here. Come on, say it with me. Everlasting Father. I want you to see Jesus today, not as just the one who gives you counseling perspective. He also gives you mighty power. And friend, here he's described as the everlasting father. I love this phrase for Christ. And and if I can be completely honest, it's a little bit confusing. Scholars have wrestled with what does this actually mean? I mean, Jesus is the son of God. And then there's father God. They're two distinct beings while being one at the same time. But you could make an argument with me right now. Well, isn't the Holy Spirit supposed to be the wonderful counselor? Because he's the one who counsels us, right? Right. He's the spirit of Jesus. We, we would have to do a whole other class on the Trinity to try our best to wrap our minds around how God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, three in one, function in the way that they do three distinct beings while being the same Godhead at the same time at work in their own various ways. I love the baptism of Jesus where you see the Son of God, Jesus, get baptized. The Father speaks, this is my Son who I'm well pleased with. The Spirit comes down in attendance for the bat. All three are at work, amen. I can't explain it all. I just know all three are together at working. Jesus says, you saw my works, you actually saw the Father's works. Jesus says, you heard my words, you actually heard the Father's words. Right, they're working together. It's, it's a unity that's different. So Jesus says, even, even me, yes, me, I'm displaying the works of the Father. That Jesus is the Emmanuel, right? The Emmanuel, meaning that he's always with us. Some would interpret this idea of Father as the idea of presence. To be the everlasting Father is to be the one that's always with us. That that is what Isaiah is trying to help us grasp with our limited thinking is that Jesus doesn't just give us good perspective as a counselor, doesn't just give us the power as a mighty one. He's also, come on, a father. And that's a word for somebody today because some person in the room, maybe your blueness and your Christmas is because of your upbringing. Maybe the reason why this season feels blue to you is because you are lacking in the area of fatherhood. Maybe it's blue because you want your father to be there. You want a word. You want a text. You want a card. It's not there. King David in the Psalms says that God is a father to the fatherless. Amen, right? Praise God for that reality. Some of you are longing for your father to be the father that God has called him to be and and he's not. Jesus says, good news, great joy. One of the nicknames I carry is everlasting father. This idea of presence, I love that. The point is simply this, Jesus brings presence to the blue in Christmas. 
There's this longing. I, 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 I need presence. I, I need people. I need love. I need somebody to check in on me. Amen. I need my father. I, I need the, the reminder that he's close. Right? My wife and I were just watching Home Alone last night. Come on, somebody. I love this movie. It's, I, I feel like it's the best Christmas movie. We can debate that. But, man, it's just so good. And I was, one thing that I was noticing last night as we were watching is, you know, you have Kevin, and he starts out, and he's like, I'm living alone. Right? He's jumping up and down, and then he's like, I made my family disappear. It's like, this is the best thing in the world. And literally one day later, he's like, if I can get anything for Christmas, I just want my family back. Right? It's like, I, I, I actually, that was cool for a day. Now I, mom, where are you? Dad, where, where are you? Where's my family? Right? He's like, I'm, I'm missing the presence of people. I can't just do this alone. And I think if we're not careful, we can go through life and we can even be a room. We can even be in a room surrounded with people and still feel alone. We can be around everybody. We can get checkups and calls and invitations and still feel like we're missing something. Can I just tell you, your soul will never be complete until you know God is Father. Your soul, your, your, your spirit will always be longing for something more. I'm missing something until you know God as Father. I heard this quote recently. I'm going to give it to you in a reality statement. The presence of the Father is far better than the presence under the tree. The presence of God the Father is, is far better than the presence that are under the tree. I want to encourage you to invite God in today. Psalm 16, David says in verse 11, he says, your presence is fullness of joy. Your presence is powerful. Your presence is good. Your presence is near. Your presence is close. And invite the presence of God into your world and watch your world change. Go through life being a presence-centered believer. Amen. Right? Can I just remind you, the presence of God isn't just in this middle school. <laughs> like, if you show up here tomorrow at 11 a.m., it's going to be turning up. It's going to be a pizza flying across the room. Amen? Like, come on, the presence of God goes with you into your car. The presence of God is with you when you wake up. The presence of God is near. And the presence of God is the thing that relieves us of our fears. The mighty presence of God. The fatherness, the fatherhood. I, I, I've been learning about this more recently, even in my own life, as a dad. My wife Nina and I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old. Three little boys, one little boy on the way. We are hashtag boy parents. And what I'm noticing, especially with our, our younger boys, I caught this yesterday. We were at In-N-Out eating our burgers. One of these little guys wanted some ketchup. And I was, I was, I was kind of 
caved in to the little table area. So I, I told him, I said, hey, just walk right over there. You can do this. Just go get some ketchup. <laughs> no. You got to go with me. I need you to go with me. I'm like, no, you can do it, right? Praise God he was able to go get the sauce, amen? But, but listen, just that reality of like, whoa, that was tough. Like looking back, like, are you still watching me? You close? You got this. You could do it. Push down. <laughs> the presence, amen? There's something about God as Father knowing that he's with you. He's everlasting, amen? He's close. He's with you. That is the thing that helps us, even in our adulthood, come on, overcome the fears of the next step. I want you, I want you to, just, to just know that. Let me put that up on the screen, right? The presence of God brings us into Christmas season. It's, it, it changes the blue in our Christmas. Just knowing that God the Father is in it with you makes it a little less blue, Amen. If you gotta go through it without your father being close, being near, loving you, counseling you, mighty and strong, it's blue. It's dark blue. But when you know the father's there, I can get through it. Maybe you've seen the movie Inside Out, the animated movie, and you, can you see the little sad girl? She's coming around touching everything, making it blue. But when she sees God the Father with you, it changes. I want to encourage you today to invite God the Father into your story. Let me give you the final point. We're almost done. If you're ready, say ready. ready. This child is born. This son is given. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, amen, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and say this with me, Prince of Peace. Man, I love the Prince of Peace. I love the Prince of Peace. I love that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Think about that for a second. I just wanna give you some, some context on that language. When it says Prince, what the scripture is not referring to is like somebody you would see rising up in London as the next Prince, okay? The word prince here, by definition, it, it refers to the rank, the ordering. When it says that Jesus is the prince of peace, it means that he is number one on the list when it comes to somebody who can give you peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. So have you ever heard, seen like a top 100 list, like top 10 list? Number one, coming in at number one on, on the, the best giver of peace this year, oh, it's Jesus. He is the top Prince of Peace. So praise God this year. You might be feeling blue. You might be feeling dark. You might be feeling tangled. You might be feeling, I can't break free. I can't tap into the joy. I just can't find it. God, give me peace. And Jesus says, oh, I'm best at that. I'm the Prince of Peace. The Hebrew word is shalom. The, the God who brings shalom, a calmness, amen, a rest for our weary souls. This, this rest is accompanied by the Prince of Peace and friend, Jesus brings peace to the blue of Christmas. Final point. 
Jesus brings peace. You might be in the storm. Can I just tell you, Jesus might be sleeping. Jesus, what's going to, we're about to die in here. Jesus says, for real? I'm chilling. In fact, I'm taking a nap. Some of y'all need to take a nap. Let's take a nap. My God is in control. He's big. He's mighty. He's a father. He's everlasting. He's not going anywhere. And he's the Prince of Peace. Invite the Prince of Peace. Friend, drugs can't do it. Alcohol can't do it. Sex can't do it. Your kids can't help you with this peace factor. You can have temporary peace from the world. It will always overpromise. I promise you, this will give you peace. It will always underdeliver. Every time. Don't put your value in your things. Don't put your value in your spouse. I was just talking to a, a, a friend of mine who unfortunately is looking at the reality of a potential divorce and the brokenness that comes with that. But I just wanted to remind him that even though that may be the case, it's not over. That even though that might actually be the reality, unfortunately, not because of him, but because of somebody else, friend, the Prince of Peace still exists. The everlasting Father is still there. It may be blue right now, but it won't always be blue. You got some nicknames to pray. You got a, a counselor to go see, amen? Mighty God everlasting father prince of peace invite this baby in amen amen let's pray Jesus I, I come before you right now God I pray you would clear all of our minds clear all of our hearts come on everybody just take a deep breath God, thank you for your shalom. Right now, call upon the one you need. God, counsel us. Mighty God, intervene. Everlasting Father, be close with your presence. Prince of peace, bring peace into my hurricane. Bring peace into my marriage. Bring peace into my kids' lives. When they maybe wake up and have a nightmare, God, Prince of peace, call upon the Prince of peace. When somebody cuts you off and God, I need the Prince of Peace. When the person got the promotion and you got demoted, I need the Prince of, counsel me through this, Jesus. Help me not to fly off the handle. Help me to stay locked in and centered. I need you, Prince of Peace. And right now, if you came in and you don't know God as Father, you don't know Jesus as Lord, or maybe you've been drifting from him, right now I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just right now say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I call on you. Forgive me of my sins. I turn away from them now. Help me. I confess. I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. Thank you for saving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to break through addictions, past, present, future. I'm ready to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Won't he do it? He's doing it. He's working. It's getting less blue right now.